God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Thank you all. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the Democrats acting like petulant, spoiled, rotten children and why it is that they always seem to engage in violence to get their way like a crying baby. Well, you know, they do two different things. They cry like a little baby. They cry like a little, um, you know, child when they don't get their way. Um, and they cry that they're a victim. Oh, it hurts. You know, they act like uh, they're all tough until things don't go their way. Then they cry like petulant children, spoiled rotten. And they get away with it, two standards of justice. And they're always playing the blues and crying victim. Black Lives Matter does it. All these people do it. This, even the black liberals that cry for reparations, just move on with your life. You'll be better off, trust me. Take my advice. Just pull up your bootstraps and move on. Now, there was this great uh, bootstrap uh, scenario um, dialogue that Martin Luther King addressed back in the 60s. Much different time. And he had a better argument at the time. But today, in 2021, I think we're done. I think we're done with all this race baiting and critical race theory and all this crap. We're done. I'm done with it. I have no more use for it. That's not nice. Um, <laughs> Oh, my phone's telling me it's not nice. No, it's not nice. Of course it's not. But here's the thing. Let's take a look at the weather on the ground. Bill Ayers. Remember when Barack Hussein started his Senate career, his political career, his entire political campaign, right out of the, the household of William Ayers. William Ayers, I think, admitted that he wrote... Barack Hussein's book, Barry Satora's book. 
Well, here's the thing. The thing is, is that whether underground resorted to violence, they were blowing up buildings. What do the Palestinians do? They shoot missiles, rockets, Hamas into Israel. You know, 30, you know, 3,000, I should say, 3,000 missiles go into Israel. Israel fires back and destroys their tunnels and kills a bunch of people. And it's Israel's fault. You know, I was talking to somebody over the weekend and I said, we were talking about Corona and COVID and the 70-30 rule, the vaccines. The 70-30 rule with corporate. Because see, public policy depends on corporate sponsorship, corporate endorsement, corporate pressure. And our corporations, our multinational corporations, the brands that we built from the United States back in the great generation of the 50s and 60s, all the way up. You know, I'm talking about before there was multinational corporations. I'm talking about when you went to Europe and you got their version of cola. When you went to Mexico, you got their version of cola. And when you came to America, you got Coca-Cola or Pepsi or Royal Crown. But today, anywhere you go in the world, you're going to get the same doggone thing. Multinational corporations. And all the other non-multinational corporations went out of business. They couldn't compete. They couldn't compete with the supply chains. They couldn't compete with the cost of uh, uh, cost per unit the economy of scale and everything else in between and they went under. They couldn't compete. The multinational corporations owe their dedicatitude to the globalists that made the deals, that created the treaties and issued the embargoes and dropped the sanctions and issued the tariffs to make all things great for multinational corporations who in turn made things great for the politicians. But let's look at where we are with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Are they any different than the weather underground? No, they're not. They blow things up too. They'll tear statues down. They'll set buildings on fire. They'll hate the police just like the hippies did, just like the weather ground. Don't trust the government. You know how everybody used to say that Nixon was the one that was, you know, a wiretapping maniac? You know, they said that Nixon just had to get his nose into everything. No, that wasn't the case. Come to find out that it was actually Mark Felt, the deep throat whistleblower that was leaking classified information from the... White House and the FBI and to to make his case about Watergate which was a left wing hoax where the FBI run by people like Mark Felt hated the president had a daughter that was actually in a group 
very much like the weather underground, blowing stuff up, living in communes. So Mark felt connected with the... Isn't that any different than Comey, James Comey? With the daughters wearing the stupid pink rabbit ears and his wife, you know, some radical libtard that hated Trump? You know, yeah, we knew all of that. It's no different. Where they used Howard Hunt and and uh, where they used Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy as patsies, as as goombas, they played them like fiddles. They did the same thing with the uh, Carter uh, Pages of the world, the Papadopoulos of the world. They set people up to perpetuate a lie. And the, the person that was involved in the Watergate Commission, Hillary Clinton, was the same person that was involved in investing in the new hoax, the Russian hoax. From the same cloth, from the same playbook as the Watergate. Both were to advance Democrat power and to take down Republican power, to silence conservative voices and to perpetuate their own power. Did they do it through honest debate? No. Because America was never, ever interested in their stupid socialism, communism, and Marxism. Never were we ever interested in that. And now here we are, we got queers going into the military, waiting for a sex change operation. How far would they go if they just were not pushed back? How far would they go? I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of all this. Because the liberals, I'll talk to them and I'll say, well, what do you think about, you know, transvestites going into the military now and getting sex change operations and you have to pay for it? Well, that's not really happening. You know, they always, always give you this answer. Well, that's an extreme example. Well, no, that's a that's a that's an inroad to a bigger, broader way of life that I don't want to be a part of. That is basically a crack in the armor that opens the door of Pandora's box wide open. That is the slippery slope that ruins our constitution. Oh, you know, a buck stock here and a and a you know a limit on ammunition over there. No, sooner or long. Your guns are no longer in your house. They've been confiscated by a guy named um, Beto O'Rourke, right? Who promised to knock your door down if you don't cooperate so he could take your gun. And once he's got your gun, he can tell you how it is. This is how it's going to be. This is what we decided up in Washington, D.C. And you're going to like it or you're going to lump it because we'll whack you you over the head real quick. It's no different than the Gestapo. It's no different than the way they run things in Syria with al-Assad. Al-Assad was an Alawite Shia that ran a Sunni-dominated population. So what did he do? He took away their guns and... He ruled with an iron fist. Don't cross me. Live it, do it my way, or you'll get pounded over the head. 
Or won't have any head at all. How about that one? What is the difference between Weather Underground and Antifa and Black Lives Matter Marxists? Or I should say ignorant Black Lives Matter Marxists. What is the, what is the difference? You tell me. They both engage in violence. They both get rich. And the leaders prosper. Like the Black Lives Matter leadership is buying up $4 million homes. You know, William Ayers, he's tenured professor at Northwestern University. Says something about that college, right? <clears throat> and they get rewarded for these things in the, in the, in the wall, halls of liberalism. The tenure track, the ivory tower, and he's writing books for future presidents, holding soirees for fundraisers for people, radical Islamic jihadis like Barry Satoro, a.k.a. known as Barack Hussein Obama, whose half-brother hates him, hates him. In any case, the point is, why is it the Democrats constantly engage in violence is it any different with the palestinians no and who supports the palestinians the weather underground leaders founders and um the black lives matter people right antifa ocasio cortez you know, and smart and really smart people like Rashid Tlaib and and Ilhan Omar and Ocasio Cortez, those really brilliant minds, those brilliant lawmakers up on Capitol Hill getting paid millions now. And we only know that they're getting paid millions because they're paying their mistress misters. How do you call a male guy who's a mistress? I don't even know that. Like um lover. Okay, we'll call him a lover. And that lover has a mistress because that lover was married to his wife in D.C., but then decided he wanted some uh, Ilhan Omar. And next thing you know, they're spending $1.7 million on consulting fees, living high on the hog, getting rich quick. Maybe getting foreign funds from some guy like Erdogan from Turkey. I don't know. To perpetuate policy in the wheels of government here in the United States. And you got Hunter running around doing about 26 trips out of Andrews Air Force Base. Well, since since uh, Biden's been in the Oval Office. And for what? He's unemployed, yet he's still getting a dividend from a company that he said he was going to sever ties with if his father ever became president. And boom, he's still there with Chinese businesses. Probably still on the board of Burisma. Who knows how much money the Bidens are making right now? We got to have better investigations. We got to have somebody that runs counter to the FBI because the FBI and the Department of Justice are ridiculous. Everybody's starting to ask the question, hey, where's Durham? Where is Durham? And all his work that Bill Barr promised us back in the spring of what was it now? 2020? 
Ah, oh, but then COVID got in the way. That good old COVID. That bioweapon called COVID came out of Wuhan. Everybody on this network had been saying it since day one. And we were called, what, conspiracy nut jobs. Because we dare say, hey, I got banned on Facebook for saying it came out of Wuhan and it was a bioweapon. Banned for 30 days. <laughs> you tell the truth and you get banned for 30 days. How do you like those apples? You get banned when it counts. Like just before an election. Or just while there was this thing they called an insurrection. But really what it was was an infiltration. See, the insurrection wasn't an insurrection. If you look up the word insurrection, let's see, I'm going to look it up. Let's see what insurrection means by definition. I'm going to look it up right now. A violent uprising against an authority or government. The insurrection was savagely put down. Let's see. So Ashley Babbitt gets shot by one of their guys. And nobody knows who the killer is. And she was unarmed. He was armed, but she was unarmed. Then there's all this video coming out now. It's like a joke. It looked like a tourist trap. All these people from all over the place were being escorted in by Capitol Hill police. Told, just be peaceful, you know, be civil, and, you know, and don't break anything. Come on in. This is the way you need to go. It's all on tape. So it's kind of interesting that the same people that are going to be busted once the tapes get released, they got like 14,000 hours of tape. And the DOJ's holding on to it like with iron fist. God forbid anybody see the truth in this country. God forbid we see the truth. God forbid anybody decides to be transparent for a change. See, that was the beautiful thing about Donald Trump. He was as transparent as you could possibly get. Every single time he left town, he he gave 45 minutes to people that hated his guts. They called it the chopper pressers. And he would just banter one after the other. Boom, boom, boom. Now these, these uh, idiots, now with one exception, Peter Ducey, who's asking great questions. But we need more of those. The press room was full, 95% full of people who hated Trump. Today, the press conferences are one person who doesn't even hate Biden, just is asking good questions. It's absolutely stunning. But the question of the day for me, the, 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 the premise of this show and what I put together in my notes is why is it that they get away with this? Why is it that the liberals constantly are engaging in violence? I have it right here in my notes. I said liberals use violence and cry like babies misbehaving like spoiled, petulant children to get their way. Isn't that what these migrants are uh, breaking our laws and while lying or while telling scripted lies to uh, 
cut ahead of the civilized legal line of real dream seekers. So when these migrants come through the border, they come through with their concept, their premeditated law-breaking. They were told exactly what path to take, where to go. They were given a brochure, maybe. And they run through the line. They get themselves confiscated or, or, or detained. And then they're let go. They're given some sort of a court date that they never show up for. And it could be years later. Sometimes they're even put on a bus and shipped to a, a, like Omaha, Nebraska is a town I'm hearing they're going to. Or, you know, because let's face it, they're trying to flip Nebraska. Uh, They are sending them to Akron. Oh, why? Because they're trying to flip Ohio. Guess what? They're sending them to Louisiana. Why is that? Oh, because they're trying to flip Louisiana. They used to send them to Georgia. Why? Because they flipped Georgia. They're doing it to Arizona. They've already done it to New Mexico. What they're trying to do is turn these once blue states run by a bunch of Democrat governors who are racist, like George Wallace, who stood in the doorway and hated with a passion integration, wanted to double down and triple down on segregation. That was the Democrats' rule. And then all of a sudden, that blew up in their faces eventually. And conservative minds went down and carpet-bagged their way down south and took ownership, took leadership, got elected, ran the governorship, ran the state, and integration was uh, the way of the land. Racism was behind us. We were moving in the right direction as a country, thanks to conservative leadership. But just like anything, remember when Detroit was one of the top countries, I mean, one, one of the top cities in the, in the world economically? One of the richest cities in the world in 1960 with the, with the economic boom of the automobile was Detroit. And then kaboom, the unions and the mob bosses and the libtards that ran the show, like Mayor Daley in Chicago and all these other mobsters that were in, in politics, all became radical left-wing nut jobs, and they pretty much made it a, a one-party system. And they ran it. They ran it uh, to the ground. Detroit was run to the ground, and with their racist policies of abortion clinics, their genocide, their you know, their um, Margaret Sanger eugenics. You know, speaking of genocide, wasn't Hitler a socialist? Wasn't he a communist? No, he certainly wasn't a conservative. He was a nationalist socialist. And he was into genocide. He was into all of this stuff. And it's the same kind of thing that they're into today in the Middle East. They don't really care whether Israel gets destroyed or not. They just don't want Israel to win. 
They don't want Israel to fight back. They don't want Israel to defend itself. But whether underground, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all radically left-wing, militant groups, Black Panthers, you name it, they were all radically liberal, all very misguided and very stupid, would all then push and advocate for policies that would never work. And the way they would go about getting power is that they would somehow create so much terror that you'd say, okay, let's call a truce and see if we can't come to an agreement. And that's the way they would work their way to the bargaining table. It's exactly the way the Palestinians were doing it. See, what happened under Donald Trump was Donald Trump walked away. He treated, he treated Abbas and, and the Palestinians, he treated them with respect, just like he treated everybody with respect. Women, black people, Hispanics, Asians. He treated everybody with respect. He treated everybody the same. And the liberals hated that because that blew through a monkey wrench into everything. You know, they want to talk to a black person like Joe Biden talks to a black person. You know, how does Joe Biden do it? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That's about as dumb as a thing I've ever heard. But he said it. He meant it. He somehow thinks that he's entitled to the black vote because he's a Democrat and he's going to give you free stuff. Maybe there's a black, you know, there's black people that don't want free stuff. Like I'm a Native American Indian. I could care less about Indigenous Day or Columbus Day and, and, and the parade that goes along with it in the fall. But you know what I do care about? I do care about the billions of dollars that the Native Americans lost because some libtard thought my feelings would be insulted because the Redskins had a face of a, uh, a warrior on the side of their helmet. Little did they think because they now have one bit they do not have one business bone in their body. Little do they realize that over the next 20 years by banning these Native American Indian symbols on these helmets and jerseys and baseball uh, cards and basketball floorboards, you know, in every sport, Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Indians, uh, Atlanta Braves, Florida State Seminoles, everywhere you go, there's jerseys, helmets, flags, and it's all gone. How quickly will we, we as a uh, group, an ethnic group, a, a race, how quickly will the Native American Indians, who I think were so important to the development of America, how quickly will they be erased from our memories once all that lib- liberal sensitivity happens, that cancel culture happens? How soon will we forget Crying out loud, uh, Rick Santorum just the other day was on CNN, got canned by CNN because he said something kind of stupid. I wasn't offended by it. But I mean, it was kind of dumb that he said it. But I kind of knew he kind of messed up. 
didn't 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 hurt my soul. What hurts my soul is when the Washington Redskins took the damn uh, the, uh, Native American Indian symbol off their helmet and called themselves the Washington football team. That burned me up because I was supposed to be offended by that, and I wasn't. But Rick Santorum makes a mistake, and he gets fired. He said something stupid like, well, what was before America? I mean, yeah, of course you had the Native American Indians. And he just sort of swept the Native American Indians' complete entire history <laughs> off the books as if we didn't ever existed or we weren't important. You know, so it's it's actually kind of weird. But, you know, I kind of know that he made a mistake. I've never been in that big of a Rick Santorum fan anyway. And so I just know he's kind of, you know, not... Not my cup of tea. But why is it these liberal liberal groups constantly engage in violence? They get like a terrorist. We're not going to stop cutting off your heads until you meet our demands. Isn't that any different than um, a terrorist that says, we're going to take you hostage. You got to pay for the hostage. Isn't that any different than the hacker for the colonial pipeline? And all that. You know, that's not the way we do business here. You don't, you know, lock our lock our network up and demand money until we pay you. You won't give us back our oil. No, that's the way it's done, son. Pay up and I'll give you your keys back. You can drive your oil down the road. And so the point is, we're in a guerrilla-like uh, tactical warfare. <clears throat> But it wasn't any different with the weather underground is my point. It wasn't any different than the Palestinian Authority blowing up pizzerias to make their point. They didn't have an army that could match ours or any civilized nation for that matter. So they had to be like guerrilla tactics. They had to go for the Achilles heel. They had to shoot your eye out with a BB gun. You know, basically to blind you. They had to take, you know, take advantage of your vulnerabilities. That's how David, you know, beat Goliath. That's that's understood. I understand where they're coming from with their violence. But to have politicians in Washington support BDS and, you know, um, this whole Palestinian thing. And again, the beautiful thing about Trump is Trump basically said to the Abbas and to Palestinians, come to the table, we will work out a deal if there's a deal to be made. And the Palestinians said, go fly a kite. And so Trump and Netanyahu said, hey, you want to go kite flying? It's a beautiful day out. We'll just go kite flying and keep building in the West Bank. Keep, keep, uh, well, in fact, <laughs> you know what else I'll do, Netanyahu, Bibi? I'll even build, uh, I'll even move the embassy to Jerusalem. Ha <laughs> ha. That's great, boss. That's wonderful. All the while, Palestinians were sitting there taking their lumps. They weren't sending up any rockets. Why was that? Because rockets cost money. I'd like to buy 28 rockets, please. Well, that's about a million dollars. You need $28 million, son. Well, I only have $28,000. 
that's not even going to buy you a hand grenade on the black market. So they couldn't afford to put up rockets. They were broke. And Trump was making it, setting an environment that was going to be cost prohibitive. I think that's why he did the deal, the military uh, deal with Saudi Arabia. Because Saudi Arabia was one of those Palestinian supporters. And so is UAE. So is the Gulfies, you know, in general. But Oman and, and these countries. Finally, the waiting game waited so long. Abbas was so stubborn. And Palestinians were so stubborn that even the UAE and Oman said, you know what, this par- this, uh, this uh, Abraham Accord is looking really good to me. And normalized relations with Israel was starting to, to move forward. And it still might. We just don't know. But when Biden offered Iran uh, to be back into the oil trading business worldwide, drop the sanctions and enrich, we started hearing about these weapons being made by Iran and given to, you know, uh, and, and being, being obtained by Hamas, even though Iran works with Hezbollah because Hezbollah is Shia, Hamas is Sunni, but together they hate Israel with a passion and the Palestinians. So next thing you know, uh, that was reversed. The Palestinians were given money, and I, I would dare say they spent 100%, 100% of the money that they were given by the Bidens uh, to, to launch hate on Israel. And so it's disingenuous that we got Secretary of State Blinken going over to the Middle East right now to patch things up. It's almost like sending Kamala Harris eventually down to the border after they screwed it all up. They messed it all up. And now they're going to go down and put out the crisis that they themselves created. Everybody knows a wall works. Everybody knows that uh, catch and release is an incentive. So when Trump ended catch and release, built a wall and said, if we are going to detain, detain you and release you, we're going to release you back in Mexico. That put a stop to it. There was no incentive to come to the border because if you get caught, you'll be sent back to Mexico. Simple as that. So, you know, these commonsensical things are just so easy to put together in our heads. They work like champs. They work almost overnight. And we see now the crisis on the border. We see the inflation. We see middle-class jobs disappearing because of these climate initiatives that don't make any sense. Poo-pooing the Keystone Pipeline, the cleanest way to transport energy, in the name of climate change, is not science. Neither is the fact that when Fauci was lying to us, remember this one, Fauci lied to us when he started talking about the wet markets. I was watching a tape yesterday of Fauci back in like, you know, uh, March 2020 or something. He was on a TV show and he's talking about the wet markets. 
And everybody was sort of on board with them, like, yeah, the wet markets, uh, people needed to stop doing the wet markets. Well, now we're finding out like a year and a half later, guess what? He knew it wasn't the wet markets. He knew it was Wuhan. He knew it was gain of function. He knew it was a COVID virus that was being manipulated, didn't he? Oh, my God, what a liar Fauci is. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Fauci, such a liar. Wow. I knew he lied, but not like that. So when you watch him just bloviating about masks one way, then masks another, or when you watch him just bloviating, and he does it so well, like he's been doing this his whole life, lying. I mean, he's a master liar. Because he, I mean, I would hate to play cards with Dr. Fauci because I'm telling you, he gives no telltale. He gives no tells. That guy is straight, man. He's a, he'd be a good card player. If he, knew, if he could play cards better than he throws a baseball, he could definitely be in Vegas. There's no doubt about it. Because Fauci is a world-class liar. So I have a couple of clips I want to play. And uh, again, uh, the premise of the show, really, the cornerstone of this show, was really about reminding you that the Palestinians and terrorists and the Democrat Party and the Weather Underground and uh, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa are all part of the same group. They're all part of the same philosophy. They're all part of the same way of thinking. And even something like the Brookings Institute, you know, who's really kind of running the show. Um, they were behind the Russian hoax and they were behind a whole bunch of things. Um, they, they are liberals that will engage in all kinds of espionage and dirty tactics to gain power and to get, bring you to your knees and get you to want to come to the bargaining table. But they'll never do it through debate, honest debate. And our country would be so much healthier if we just didn't have these kinds of scoundrels that break laws and are full of deception and lie to the American people and treat people not like they're the servants of the people, but that the people are the servants of the government. And that is their whole way of thinking. And any liberal out there that might be listening to this show, I just say to them, why in the world are you supporting this? It's right there. Just look it up. Everything I told you today is true. Anyway, we're going to listen to Donald Trump in Israel. And this is what true leadership in the Middle East sounds like. We are here at Yad Vashem to honor the memory of six million Jews murdered in the Holocaust. Two-thirds of the Jews in Europe were sent to their deaths. Words can never describe the bottomless steps of that evil or the scope of the anguish and destruction. It was history's darkest hour. Millions of innocent, wonderful, and beautiful lives, men, women, and children, were extinguished as part of a systematic attempt to eliminate the Jewish people. 
It was the most savage crime against God and His children. And it is our solemn duty to remember, to mourn, to grieve, and to honor every single life that was so cruelly and viciously taken. As Eli Wiesel said, for the dead and the living, we must bear witness. These words should be carved into the conscience of humanity forever. Only when we remember the families who were torn apart from everyone they loved, who suffered that terrible darkness and evil, who endured the unbearable horror of the Holocaust, only then can we prevent this agony from ever repeating. This place and this entire nation are a testament to the unbreakable spirit of the Jewish people and the hope that light can shine the path beyond the darkness. Through persecution, oppression, death, and destruction, the Jewish people have persevered. They have thrived. They've become so successful in so many places. And they have enlightened the world. The State of Israel is a strong and soaring monument to the solemn pledge. We repeat and affirm, never again. From the depths of the suffering, the Jewish people have built a mighty nation. And the Star of David waves proudly above this cherished land. As long as we refuse to be silent in the face of evil, as long as we refuse to dim the light of truth in the midst of darkness, as long as we refuse to become bystanders to barbarity, then we know that goodness, peace, and justice will ultimately prevail. With sadness for the lives and dreams that were stolen from this earth, with determination to always keep the memories of the victims alive and with resolve to confront evil wherever it threatens. We ask God to give us the strength, wisdom, and courage to chart the righteous path. Thank you. God bless the memory of the perished. God bless the survivors. God bless the Jewish people. And God bless the state of Israel. Thank you for having me. So the state of Israel was a very important comment there. And, uh, you know, those are, those are important words for, to, to be sure. Um, all right. So we want to also play um, something about uh, critical race theory, which is another stupid thing. It's a DeSantis clip. It's not related to the things we've been talking about today, but I did want to cue it up. Um, and uh, listen, again, this critical race theory, what is this about? What liberal can support critical race theory? What liberal can support this? I don't know. You know, you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. And, uh, you know, you can rename. So what we're doing, the Department of the Florida Board of Education is meeting um, and they are addressing this. And I told them they need to address this, and we've got to do it. I mean, first of all, it's offensive. Here we are celebrating tax savings, 
it's offensive to the taxpayer that they would be asked to fund critical race theory, that they would be asked to fund teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other. And it's also, it's also based on false history. When they try to look back and, and, and denigrate the Founding Fathers, denigrate the American Revolution, doing all these different things that even very liberal historians say is not supported by the facts. And so I think what we need is we need the Constitution back in classrooms. We need to make sure civics is a priority. But it needs to be taught accurately. It needs to be taught in a fact-based way, not an ideological-based way. And we are if we have to play whack-a-mole all over this state stopping this critical race theory, we will do it. What I would rather... So we're, um, we'll, we'll be taking action, don't you worry. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. He's becoming a rock star, to be sure. So we want to also talk a little bit about uh, what we've been talking about, Fauci the liar and the Wuhan lab. Let's take a listen to what Tom Cotton had to say over the weekend with, uh, well, on Sunday, with uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo could have leaked from that Wuhan lab of virology. Senator Tom Cotton. Senator, you've done great value for our viewers by your honesty and telling it like it is. Thank you for that. Do you still stand by what you said and what have you learned in the last year about this situation? Yeah, Maria, it's hard to believe it's been 15 months since you and I first discussed what I think most Arkansans think is a very common sense proposition, that it surely is a big coincidence that this virus started not up in some remote mountain village with caves full of bats, but rather in downtown Wuhan, a city larger than New York, just a few blocks up the road from labs that was researching bat-based coronaviruses. And since then, every bit of circumstantial evidence, to include evidence that came out in the final days of the Trump administration that some employees and staff at these labs may have had uh, coronavirus-like symptoms as early as October or September of 2019, continues to point to these labs as the origin of this virus, not that food market that the Chinese Communist Party used as a cover story from the very beginning. That's why it's so imperative that the Biden administration hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable and demand answers for all of these questions. But he's not, Senator. You know that. We're talking about all of the things that's coming out of the Biden administration. You're going to be debating another bill this week on uh, not having people invest in Chinese companies that are tied to the military. And yet the administration just removed one technology company from the Trump blacklist and it pushed out, postponed the uh, the uh, ban on trading stocks of companies that are tied to the Chinese military. What's going on? The Biden administration keeps giving the Chinese Communist Party a break and rolling over for the CCP. We have a timeline of events here on the history of the game of function research. And what we have on our timeline is that there was a pause in this research and then the pause was lifted in 2017. Let's take a look at this research and funding uh, of gain of function, uh, which you raise in a letter that you sent to Director Francis Collins of the uh, NI. By the way, that gain of function, uh, just to interject real quick, 
uh, was in, re- reinstated December 2017, Trump's admin's first year in office, the pause on gain-of-function research in the U.S. is lifted, but it's unknown by whom. That's got to be by someone like over an NIH. There's no way that Trump would have known that. Okay, so you can't pin that on Trump. But this could have been a sinister plot uh, for things to come. And that could be evidence that that was a premeditated approach. This was heading into 2018 when Trump's economy was skyrocketing. So let's take a listen. IH, tell me what you want answered. You've got 17 questions here. You and six other senators signed this letter to Francis Collins. Well, Maria, Joe Biden's been rolling over uh, for aggressors around the world, not just China, but Russia and Iran. And this week, uh, he seemed to draw moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas when he began to demand a ceasefire. But the letter that I joined Senator Ron Johnson, a handful of other senators on, very specifically asks the National Institutes of Health why they were funding gain-of-function research in these Wuhan labs. Now, Dr. Fauci has been to Congress, and he said this absolutely did not happen. But Dr. Fauci is playing word games. So the money that the NIH gave went to an American organization, which turned around and gave hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to these Wuhan labs to investigate coronaviruses and, yes, to find ways to make them more contagious and more dangerous. And uh, we asked Francis Collins, who was Dr. Fauci's boss, to come clean, to tell us exactly what was happening, why this research was being funded, as you point out, Maria, during a time in which the Obama administration had explicitly banned this kind of -of gain-of-function research, research into making some of the world's deadliest pathogens even more dangerous. And and I, I think that there could be an example here of these public health bureaucrats thinking they know better, that they're not going to answer to political oversight and accountability, even in the uh, Obama administration, that they went ahead with this research that could be very dangerous. That's why it is imperative that the NIH come clean and tell us exactly what happened. You talk about those word games that uh, Fauci was playing. In fact, we know that a gentleman named Peter Dasik was running or runs the uh, Health Eco Alliance, the uh, alliance that uh, the nonprofit that took money from the NIH and sent it over to Wuhan. Here's Peter Dasik, who runs that alliance, talking about coronavirus. Listen to this. You're saying these are diverse uh, coronaviruses and you can't vaccinate against them. There are no antivirals. What, what do we, what do we do? Well, so I, I think that coronaviruses are pretty good. I mean, neurovirologists, you know all this stuff, but they, you can um, manipulate them in the lab pretty easily. You, you can manipulate the coronavirus easily, he's telling us, in December of 2019. And by the way, after I spoke with you and others who suggested it likely came from the lab, I sent out a tweet talking about the pro hour show for, and the things that I found out. And Peter Dasik trashes me on Twitter saying, I know nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, here we are a year later. Uh, obviously, it's likely that it came from the lab. What do you make of, of, of what took place here? 
Well, I think a lot of these so-called experts and scientific bureaucrats are trying to cover their tracks. Again, this could be a genuine scandal. This could be public health bureaucrats violating explicit direction from the Obama White House to continue research that is highly, highly dangerous and potentially susceptible to escape from a laboratory, especially a laboratory in China that has notoriously um, uh, bad safety practices. But of course, a year ago, Maria, Donald Trump was still in the White House and the press didn't want to say anything that would maybe help him get reelected or to confirm what people like I was saying, if they, since they don't like my politics. I guess now that Joe Biden's in, uh, in the White House, they're willing to uh, investigate a little bit deeper. It's just an example, once again, of how the press has become deeply partisan in our day. Senator, real quick before we go, we only have a couple of seconds here, but in terms of the domestic policy, uh, President Biden is talking about more requirements for the financial services sector, which initially giving $80 billion to the IRS is his idea, which would help the banks give the Treasury direct access into our bank accounts. What's going on here? Does he want surveillance of our bank accounts now? Yeah, he, he wants to give tens of billions of dollars to the IRS, uh, the organization where Lois Lerner uh, used the bureaucracy to persecute Christian groups and conservative groups so they can track the money that you have in your checking account or your savings account or your 401k. Uh, suffice to say, I don't think many Republicans are going to support that in the Congress. Unbelievable. Senator, we'll keep talking. So interesting times, right? Interesting things going on. Uh, what can you say, right? It's just, it is what it is, and we're in this to, we're in this fight, and we have to win the fight. Uh, I want to read something from uh, right here, Wei Jingjing. Dr. Fauci said that, uh, Dr. Fauci said that does not mean he believes the virus first emerged in a lab, as some have suggested. He doesn't not know anything about the three researchers at the Wuhan lab who sought hospital care. So someone wrote that, that supports Fauci. Jeff Carlson writes, literally nobody believes this. He does not know anything about three researchers at the Wuhan lab who sought hospital care in November 2019. In any case, we're going to stay on these subjects and continue to talk about you know, the dishonesty in our government and what we can do to fight back against it. The Arizona audit is in full steam, so that's good news. And it's uh, potentially going to have a domino effect in some of the other states. Uh, but with that, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show today. My name's Scott Adams, and be sure to check out org. Also, check out Buglecall.org. We're going to be making some additions to that, to those sites uh, uh, coming up this week. Also, uh, check out the latest podcast over at scottadamshow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.